This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Touchdown, Kansas City! Damian Williams runs to immortality! Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at Addison Patterson. Wow, sounds like something in a poetry slam, Dave. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jayton Alexander with six, crosses over, drives in, drives to the basket, shot is good! Good! Good and one! Everything happening in the sports world. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I've always had trouble with my hammy, and it's just been, it's kind of chronic. And there's just really nothing I can do about it. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, after a long and late night of basketball down in Butler County, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Have you recovered from a late night? You seem well, a little tired. Well, the sun's out. That's the thing. That, that helps. A little sun therapy never hurts. A little sun therapy, good but for the, the skin. Yeah, but we got out of the office a little after midnight last night when all was said and done, and we looked back at the video replay and things like that, and... And it was definitely an interesting night down in Butler County. Steve, do you ever have nightmares? Do you ever wake up in the middle of your sleep from nightmares? Not very often. Nothing ever jolts you out of your bed and you go, no. Oh, I'm so scared. I thought I was back in high school and forgot to take no, that test. No, about that only, never happens to the, you? The only dream I ever have that wakes me up is like there's fire right behind me. I'm trying to outrun fire. I don't know what that means. And then that hammy kind of gives out. Oh, that head. hammy, that poor hammy. I mean, and the God, fire's creeping in. It is in. so tender. It's tender all the time. I just can't run. Well, you and I, we, we live in this job, and you and I put a lot of detail and thought into things, and we're constantly working and thinking about what we're going to talk about on the, the show the next day, thinking about what Steve's going to post at midkansasonline.com. And at 3.30 last night, I woke up out of my bed with a nightmare about the boys' basketball game last night well, and the I, very end of it. And the game itself was kind of a nightmare, but I don't dream a ton about games that we do. Sometimes I fall asleep thinking about it, and I'll relive it in my head a little bit. But last night, I'm not kidding, I woke up with a nightmare wow. from what happened last night. That I didn't do. All I, right, Steve. I've never done that. We're going to have an open conversation today. And we're going to dissect what happened in the game last night. McPherson's boys at Augusta. And then I've got another conversation that I want to address if we can get to it here in this first segment. If not in the second segment about maybe a state of high school basketball and another incident that happened in the state last night. So first off, let's break down what happened. And I'm also going to preface this with games are not won and lost based off of one call. Correct. Games are not won and lost based off of one call. They're not won and lost based off of one official. And I will always be that way. And you know me. I'm not a guy that blames officials for things. And, you know, I wear two hats because I have to write, but then I'm also announcing. So I have to – it's a fine line, you know, that I have to juggle because – 
when I write, I just tell what happened, and I don't offer opinion in a game story. But on the radio, I have more leeway to offer an opinion at the time during the game. So, it, you know, if it sounds different what I write and what I do on the air, it's because I'm wearing two hats. Now, one thing I do always say is I don't blame officials for losing games. Never. They don't win and lose games. That's right. But in the final minute of games, a call that is wrong or a rule is interpreted wrong can drastically change things. Yes, it can. And that is the situation that we had last night for the McPherson boys. So we'll set it up. McPherson's up 40-39 to 39 after they just got a defensive stop. They're up 40-9 to nine out of a timeout with 57 seconds left, and they are inbounding in front of their bench. In front of right in front of us. And, and we have a great we're, view We're like of it. eight feet away. So they're running a play, and Augusta is at four team fouls. Right. And so with a little bit of time left to go, and we were talking about it in that timeout, saying, okay, how long do you let it go before you start to foul? You have two fouls to give before they go to the free throw line. And the comment we made was, hey, foul hard, maybe they won't call it and you'll get a turnover. Right. That was the conversation we were having. So they smack the basketball, run the inbounds play. Seth Madron's trying to get open, and they call him for an offensive foul, which it's a judgment call. We've seen the video. We watched it real time yeah. right in front of us. Yeah. And I'll just tell you, that was not a good call. And Seth Madron had his jersey stretched. <laughs> Coach Kinneman said that Gerald almost pulled his jersey out of his uh, shorts. And we've seen it. It was not a good call. Right. But things like that happen. You, it, it is human nature. That's yep. why there are officials. Things like that happen. You can so live with that. what the correct call should have been, saying it was a foul, would be it is team foul number eight on McPherson. Right. But because it was an offensive player control foul, or team at that control. point, a team control foul, because the ball had not yet been inbounded, it should have been Augusta ball on the sideline. Instead, the officials were a little caught up in the moment, a lot of excitement and celebration going on in Augusta, right. and they send the Orioles to the free throw line for a one and one In the bonus, it was team foul number eight, right. which... If this would have been an over-the-back call, if this would have been they inbounded the pass and then while Seth Madrin was trying to jump for the ball in a pass and he bumped into Jackson, who caught it for Augusta, of course, it's a one-and-one. It's a defensive foul. But this was a team control foul. And it was basically a charge is what it is. Essentially, it's a charge. It would right. be the same call as if Seth had taken both hands and pushed the Augusta player in the chest to try and get separation. Right. It's a offensive team control foul, which means they should not have been shooting free throws. Correct. We have had some confirmation from some senior officials and asked about the rule because you and I were saying this on the radio yeah, as they were going to the line. But Coach Kenneman called an official that he knew after the game and said, before I, you know, say anything, I want to know, you know, am I right? And it turned out we, you and I and Coach Kenneman and – Bullpup the people in red. <laughs> yeah, and there were a lot of Bullpup Nation people. The thing that's bad is Coach Kinneman never got an explanation. McPherson players are going up to the officials as they're walking down toward the other end saying, hey, why are they shooting free throws? And nothing happened. Well, the thing that did happen was Augusta Jared went to Jackson the line. Jackson made two free throws. Made two free throws, right. took the lead. And so you go from up one with the ball 
to all of a sudden down one right. with the ball. Right. And they were able to tie the game at 41 with a free throw. And then with about 10 seconds left, they fouled Augusta. They made two free throws. And then the Bullpups had one more shot at the buzzer to try and tie the game. It didn't go down. And they lost 43-41. to And the reason why this game was so important, like we talked about all day, like we talked about all week, is for sub-state ramifications. Right. And if this is just a random game in December, you can, just, you can at least just, live with it a yeah, little more. It just, it'd just be a tough loss, and you move on because it's early in the year. But this was the last game of the regular season. Uh, the Bullpups were going for a perfect league record. Um, they If they won, they were going to be the number five seed. Very likely. And already could start pretty much plotting who they were going to you know, perhaps play. Uh, they know if if they finish five, most likely they're going. Well, they're going to play Great Ben. That would in, have been in the, the final in the finals if they win their. Remember, they have to win their opener. They're going to be home next week for their opener, and then they're going to have to go on the road. Well, because they would have likely been the five at worst, the six. Yeah. And the two teams that we've talked about all year at trying to stay out of their bracket are the two undefeated teams in five A West: right. Bishop Carroll and Andover. And likely with last night's loss and with the ending of that game, the boys will likely be the number seven seed. Yeah, Hayes Hayes is the team that we still don't know about. They've got to play two games in two nights. Thursday and Friday because they were supposed to have played last night. But their games, they are expected to win. Now, the game with Abilene might be kind of tough, but they're going to beat Dodge City. We've seen Dodge City. We know that Hayes will take care of them. So, it really, you know, you wanted to stay away from Andover and Carroll. But it is what it is, and you still have to win that first-round substate game. But like we said at the start, that call did not decide the outcome. No, they could have made another still, shot. They yeah, could have come 50, up with a defensive yeah, stop. Yeah, 57 seconds left. But, but yeah. it drastically changed that game. It really did. And there was another call that happened before that on the previous possession where a ball got knocked out of bounds. And you and I thought it was out of bounds off of the Augusta player. So did, so did everybody else. And everybody else in front of us did. And, and they got the ball back and they didn't capitalize off of it. But to say that people were not real pleased with the people in the stripes last night and we will, is an understatement. And, and we also need to say that was two of the members on that three-person crew were pretty inexperienced. And you'd think, you know, there's a commissioner that assigns the officials. When you look you know, at the games, and you see you got the, you know, two teams in a very hot position for playoffs, and you don't really put your best people out there, your more experienced people, like a John Kaufman or a Don Kennedy, and you put three people that we had not seen all year. You know, I I just, I I think you got to kind of look at the situation and say, I better have good people on that game. Now, we don't know who did the Newton-Salina Central game. Well, and that brings me to the next <laughs> point here, Steve. And talking about officials in this state, and we've been talking about it for about two years now, that there has been a shortage right. in officials in this state. Right. Leading to maybe you don't have the best crew for yeah. an important game. Yeah. Like what we might have seen last night. Yeah. Leading to what we saw in the JV and freshman games at the Roundhouse last week where there was a one-woman officiating crew for a JV game and a freshman girls game who just kind of hung out there in between the free throw lines. And it has led to this because of problems that have happened from from fans and coaches. When you think about it, being an official is a thankless job. I'm not surprised we have a shortage. I mean, the the abuse officials take uh, 
from fans, coaches, you know, it's a tough job. You got to have thick skin. And it just seems like we're seeing younger and younger officials that don't have that sage wisdom yet. They will in time, but, you know, it's just a couple of the officials last night, you could tell the game was really kind of big for them. And it was kind of a shame, you know, that game, those two teams really deserved better, but it is what it is. You got to put it in the rear view mirror and you got to move on. Well, as we dive into talking about the other big incident last <laughs> night, a couple of our friends were up there, one of them broadcasting the game, Pat Strothman up at Rocking M Media in Salina. And, right. And then Dylan Sherwood Salina writing Central for it at the Salina New- Journal. Yeah, Salina Central and Newton. Salina Central was on the road at Newton last night in a game that featured seven technical fouls, and then the back half of the game was officiated by two refs. There was a literal referee shortage because a fan came out of the stands and ran at one of the officials after a call. And this was late in the game. In a heated game, a coach had been ejected. The Newton coach had been ejected. big ramifications in that game, too. And it was intense. There uh, There were obviously seven technical fouls, and... Things got weird down yeah. at Newton last night. Yeah. And I, I've been watching the coverage of, that those guys have been doing and trying to – and they're trying to be fair about all of this yeah. because it's not pretty. It, it's not fun to report on. It's not easy when things like this happen. For someone to jump on the floor, my goodness. Well, the official saw the person coming at him, ran to the locker room, didn't come back. Yeah. And do you blame him? No. I don't know if it was a, a he or a she, but you do you, do you that, blame the official? You don't, you don't know if that person's going to do bodily harm. You don't know what their state of mind is. You're trying to officiate a game, and you got some crazy person coming out of the stands and, and charging at you like a raging bull. Steve, let's think about your work life. How would you like it if you were sitting back there in your office in your nook, and every now and then somebody would just kick down your door and come stand on your desk and yell at you? I wouldn't like How it. How would you handle that? I, I'm not, I've never had that happen. Now I've had a lot of, when I was at the newspaper, a lot of threatening letters, you know, (laughs) people saying you're the worst, you know, and you said, I know. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I got a lot of, you know, very, of course, nobody ever signed anything. It was always unsigned and stuff like that. But maybe people just gave up and said, well, he's just going to do what he's going to do. We'll just hate him anyway. And you know, that's the way it is. But Fortunately, at the, since I've been at the radio station, I haven't really encountered that problem. So, But let me offer this piece of advice to fans, to players, to coaches. For the sake of high school sports, where the pay is not great for officials, in college sports, the pay is pretty good. Yeah, You've got to be a pretty good ref, which means you've got some experience, and you are... Veteran enough that it should a lot of this stuff shouldn't bother you too bad, but for the sake of high school sports and for keeping things the way we would like them to be with great participation, great competitiveness, the nature of high school sports, we as a society have to be better. Yeah. We have to be better. And who knows? The officials might have had a bad night in giving out technical fouls, but they didn't do it for no reason at that game. Yeah. That All be. I'm saying is... If you are a parent, if you are a fan, if you are a coach, if you are a player, we've got to be better. We've, if you're a broadcaster, I'll throw myself into yeah. there. We've got to be better 
with officiating, especially at the high school level. Because, let's be honest, Steve, we go to places and sometimes it is hostile. It is tough. And people are not friendly to the guys and, and, and women in stripes. Right. It is not an easy job. And like you said, it's a thankless job, but it's a very essential job to high school sports as we know them, functioning as we would like them to function. And football is different because they're so far away from the play or from the right. from the fans. Right. Baseball's different because they're again they're far away. Basketball is a different animal. Yeah, you're right on top because they are action. right on top of you. Yeah. They can see your face. They probably know your name. They know where you live, maybe. Basketball, and when it comes to even the college level, John Higgins, one of the most well-known Big 12 basketball refs. Right, he got threatened. In an Elite Eight game, he was threatened by Kentucky fans. I think he owned some sort of business in Omaha. Some lawn service business in Omaha, and they were just calling his phone lines all day and slowing down his business. Yeah. And basketball is just a different animal that way. But we need to be better. And the thing I always say is, Let's not direct hate at official at officials. I'm not saying that you can't ever say, "Oh, come on, that's not the right call." Mm-hmm. If it's due, yeah. I'm not saying you have to sit there on your hands and and not communicate. But I will say, I think there should be more cheering for your team. Yeah. Cheering in a positive way at some of these events because it's high school sports. They are supposed to be fun, and the reason that sports are in schools as a part of the curriculum is to be educational. That's the reason. This is an educational and learning opportunity. Maybe you learned something from getting seven technicals in a game and, and learn how not to act when yeah. somebody runs out onto the floor. But what I'm saying is, the next time you go to a sporting event, people, do better. Yeah. Think about there's, there's, what you're saying. There's nothing worse than somebody getting ejected from a game. Think about how you're acting and think about the role model that you would like to be for your child, whether they're competing or whether they're in the student section, think about the role model you would like to be whenever you say something, stand up, put your hands on your head and yell, mm-hmm. throw middle fingers at the ref. Think, <laughs> think about when you do these things. I wouldn't tell them to do that. No, I'm saying think about if that happens, yeah. the role model that you are being for the next generation. And... I just really think that the incident down there at Newton last night, it was, I think for both teams, it's been a stressful year. Uh, I mean, to my understanding, things things have not been very pleasant for either of them, but everything kind of came to to a head there last night. And my last piece of advice again is just, I hope we can be better because I love high school sports. I think it's really great for people. I think it includes a lot of people. I think it's good for communities. But a night like last night down at Newton is not good for a community. It's think, not good for high schoolers. And I think schoolers. the commissioner of officials probably had a very busy morning between the two games that oh, happened man. last night. He's probably still sifting through all the information. Oh, and when it comes to just reporting on these things, like I mentioned, our, our friends Pat and Dylan, they were working this game, and yeah. they keep getting questions and people coming at them. And, and they're just trying to tell you what happened. And we were trying to tell the, ba- the game the best as we could, as objectively as we could. But the, the, the play on Seth Madrin was right in front of us. He's trying to move, and, and the defender literally grabs his jersey, and he pulls away, and that's when he got called. He got the foul for apparently pulling away or pushing away to get off. You know, he's grabbing his jersey. And the problem is it was three feet 
or two feet in front of the McPherson bench, which really made it difficult. And if you'd like to see the video, you're welcome oh, to come in and look at yeah, it. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, video. It, it, it was not good. The video doesn't lie. So. But again, as we go back to where we were at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah, that call didn't decide the game. That call did not decide the game. There are more important things than always being right and, and being on officials. There are more important things than that in a basketball game. They could have made a shot at some point. And if they miss the free throws after this happens and the bullpups find a way to win, we don't even talk yeah, about it. it's a moot point. It's gone. Yeah. There were ways to win this game, and they didn't, and things didn't go their way. Yeah. And I know Coach Kinneman was not very pleased with it. I know anybody in red was not very pleased with how that game ended. But it is a game. It did not end the way you wanted it to. And it happened. And and it's it's over. And it's not going to change somebody's life. And now that we're 12 hours removed, or however long it's been, 15 hours removed, nothing's going to change at this point. Yeah. So there's no reason to dwell on it. Move on. Everybody's 0-0 and starting next week. So everybody's back at square one. Well, hopefully they'll get a nice apology note in the mail that says, hey, sorry. We, yeah, we did. Sorry you still don't win. Yeah. but I, There was a game when I was a, a young child. Arkansas was playing Florida. Tim Tebow was the quarterback. And Florida drove down the field at the end of the game to beat my Arkansas Razorbacks when they were the number one team. And they got away with all these horrific calls that were on Arkansas. They called like three holding penalties in a row. Gave Florida the game, and the SEC officials came out and said, hey, we got the calls wrong. Yeah. I said, well, thanks. Well, the game's over. It the, doesn't matter the anymore. The problem with the one last night, it was so blatantly wrong. I it mean, wasn't good. Yeah, it was blatantly wrong. Well, Steve, that was a great start to this show today. Well, we almost went through the whole show. I had a feeling that it, we could go a little bit long today. Sure. It's just a stressful night last night. Yeah. And again... I had a nightmare about yeah. it. It was that stressful. I was able to sleep, so. I'm glad you did. <laughs> All right, Steve, let's take our first break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve Sell, a really weird day yesterday in terms of going down to Augusta. The Bullpups were the only team in the area yeah. that played last night. That's right. They wrapped up their regular season, so they're done. Don't have to play on Thursday. Don't have to play on Friday. They will be keeping their eye on a couple of other games in terms of sub-state seating. But for the McPherson girls who we haven't talked about yet, great job for them in the regular yeah, season. fantastic. 19-1, they capped things off for last night with a big win. they had to overcome, especially during December, you know, going on the road to beat Derby, going on the road to beat Andover Central, that's the only loss for Andover Central. Derby, I think, has only lost two. To win at both of those games without two and three starters in those games, they persevered that. You know, they dominated the league. Uh, you know, they did well in their tournament. They got second to a really good uh, team. I don't know what I don't know what Northwest is now in the, in the 6A right They're still the number one in 6A number East. One, number one in 6A East. So, uh, just a great job. Uh, they're fun to watch. I love the way they shoot the three, but the thing that we always talk about, 
They're going to be in every game because defensively they're just so good. Steve, if you were going to do a quick calculation in your head, I know the number. How many starting different starting lineups have the McPherson girls used in 20 games? I was going to say about nine. It's seven. Okay. Which is still a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot for a team that is 19-1. and one. And the thing is... It's not a lot for a team that's 2-18. and 18. The circle game was the first time in 19 games Coach Strathman had everybody... Other than Andrea Sweat, who we know is not going to play this year because she had knee surgery. But then last night, Emma Mom was sick. So, again, they weren't at full strength, and they won by 40. A really weird night of basketball last night because we were the only team going. Yeah. And then today, or tonight, I guess, the Illyria Christian girls are playing. And then everything kind of catches back up. Thursday makeup days. Friday makeup days. Some teams decided not to make them up. Some teams decided to. Yeah. Inman and Harrington, they're not I don't think they're making theirs up. Canton Galva was supposed to play the Wichita Warriors, they're not making it up. So, you know, now the McPherson coaches can go out and scout in person. That was kind of the plan all along. And it was really interesting. We went seventy miles an hour basically the whole way, I think, last night. Yeah, so both ways. Sixty to seventy. So the roads were fine, but you know, at 1 o'clock, it didn't look that great, but it, you know, turned off okay. Worked out all right. Yeah. And now, Steve. And I wasn't even scared going down there. Like no, that. you you, Normally weren't, you weren't afraid at all. I wasn't. I think you were you were feeling good. Yeah. You had a salad before the game. Oh, yeah. Salad with mozzarella. You were feeling really good. So, Steve, busy week coming up the rest of this week. And, and tomorrow on the show, we can talk a little bit more about the state wrestling that we'll be covering. Tomorrow, we can talk a little bit more about the Mac College men's basketball team that'll be in Salina in the KCAC quarterfinals. And what a fun game that is going to be to take on Kansas yeah. Wesleyan. Yeah. If they win, they will play on Saturday, likely on the road. At Ottawa. And Now, if Ottawa would lose, the Bulldogs would be home. That's right. So, it's a very busy weekend coming up. And then, of course, we get into Substate play next week. Oof. And what a busy week it is going to be next week. Tuesday, Wednesday, and then a day off on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the final two games of right. the week. Right. It's a little different schedule than it was last week. Steve, let's take our final break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, I wanted to tell the people something funny about you everything's funny there are a lot of funny things but whenever i do a game with steve whenever there's a really bad call sometimes steve will like put his head down and put his hands into his face and just kind of smack his forehead and that happened majorly at the end of the game last night well i I haven't had the the guts yet to listen to the entire game yet yeah and gone back to listen to it and cut it up for highlights but the call at the end it had steve hitting his face and the the thing is it was right in front of us and i mean seth madron's trying to get away and 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 jaron jackson i mean when he got he saw the foul was on madron he was like the most surprised person in the plays 
And of course, he played. <laughs> Jaron Jackson plays with a smile on his face. Really good kid for Augusta. Tremendous player. Great shooter. Bulldogs did a great job on him last night, though. He scored ten, but he was two of fourteen from the field. But I, in all the year, you know, I've seen a lot of games. You, 40, ha- you have seen a few. Forty-four years, you see a few games, and for that to happen right in front of us, and the way I mean, I never even imagined that's how they were going to call that. I mean, I, I was so flabbergasted. I was actually, I was just speechless. All right, Steve. Busy week still coming up. Yeah, I read. Ahead. I read an interesting story from USA Today today. USA Today, today. Yeah. I read it today. Okay. From the USA Today. Okay. And they were talking about, I think it was a, an opinion piece from, I think, Dan Wolken or, or one of the guys that writes for USA mm-hmm. Today, and was talking about how if KU were to win the national championship in basketball, which as of right now, they're the number one team in the country, mm-hmm. and if you were going to go to Vegas and see who has the best odds, well, it's the Jayhawks. He said, if they were to win that this would be as bad of a look for the NCAA right. as there has been for a long time. And I hadn't really thought about it. We've I can remember. We've, we've, we have forgotten that the hammer may drop after this. There's still a cloud yeah. hanging over them yeah. with these level one violations on Coach Self, the rest of the program, for allegedly handing out money to push recruits through Adidas yeah. to KU. Yeah. And... They threw out a couple of examples of, you know, John Calipari at Kentucky in 2012 when they won. That the last two places he had been when they made it to Final Fours, those were all evaporated from Spunged. existence. They were expunged. They were done. Yeah. Roy Williams in North Carolina in 2017 when they won, they were dealing with the entire. Oh yeah, you guys don't take that math test. That's right. We'll just get this tutor here to take the test yeah. for you. Yeah. They were dealing with that scandal. There was another one with UConn and Jim Calhoun and their Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, handing them the trophy while all these clouds are hovering around. But they said this could be the worst. You know what I always say? Let's hear it. You can investigate every school in the country and you probably could find some type of minor violation or major violation. Well, this is a pretty major violation. Yeah, Yeah, KU. I mean, if the hammer drops, they could win the national championship, party down Mass Street, party at the Hawk and Wheel then it's going to get taken away, <laughs> which it very well could happen if they win it. I hadn't really thought about we've kind it of forgotten, recently. We've kind of forgotten that the hammer is just hanging over their head, waiting to drop down and squash them like a grape. Let's hope it doesn't because, man, I'll tell you, that's that's all they need with the fight they had with K-State this year. Not been a good look for, for my alma mater. All right, Steve. Busy week the rest of the week Busy. coming up. Oh, we'll talk about all sorts of stuff tomorrow, including the Bulldog men who will be on the road at Kansas Wesleyan in the KCAC quarterfinals. And the Swede women are home tonight. That's for the, right. For the quarterfinals. I'm sure the Duck will be all over it. Duck will be on it. We'll wrap up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union. Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.